I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. So we have two questions today. Kind of similar, both on the same topic, but we thought we'd read them both out. So here we go. This one, first one's from Abigail. I have been blogging for three years, but I'm yet to share any of my work through fear. I am worried people will laugh at me, think my ideas are stupid or belittle me. How can I find the courage to share what I have created? Blogging is something I enjoy, but I feel like I'm surrounded by negativity and judgment. And the next one is someone who's been asked to stay anonymous and they've called themselves scared and confused. And they ask, what do you do when you're so scared that it paralyzes you? When you think that you're the kind of person who doesn't want to stand out in everyday life, yet you have this desire inside of you to create and be seen in the world. When you feel like you have a voice that deserves to be heard, but you're terrified anyone in your real life will actually hear it. When sometimes you don't even understand why you do this to yourself. Sometimes I feel so torn between these two sides of myself. I just don't know how to keep doing the work without exhausting myself. There's a lot of relatable stuff in both of those letters. Do you feel that too? Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to read them both out so that both letter writers can hear that they're not alone yeah like everyone does this I feel like every day I am asking myself this question and having to be the bravest version of myself in the face of it and I can't tell you how many people I have worked with and met who have not done the creative work they've dreamed of doing because of this one reason Mm. they are scared of judgment and criticism and rejection and ultimately they're scared to take up space in the world because what will the world say? Right. Well, let's un- unpack that because because it's that second letter especially really highlighted it that kind of it's like there's two sides and there's the one side that I think is probably the the person we would be if we were raised in a in a bubble in a world <laughs> that didn't have all the pressures we have, which wants to share and has something that they fit, think is meaningful to contribute, feels like there's a place for it in the world, and then there's the other side which is quite often female and we've been brought up in a society where you're meant to be liked and you're meant to fit in and you're meant to play by the rules and not stand out too much and that can cause such a conflict when you have both of those elements inside of you yeah I, I it was my 26th birthday in May and I wrote you're a baby <laughs> I know I'm a baby <laughs> and I wrote a little list to myself of things that I learned in my 25th year that I wanted to carry with me in the, my 26th and the top of the list was it's not my life's work to be palatable yes because that I mean I'm a baby I'm probably gonna have to if I I'm did looking, not know that at 26 you were ahead of me <laughs> well if I'm lucky enough to live a long life I feel like it's a lesson I'm going to be learning over and over again mm. because I have been raised in a world and I don't just mean by my parents I actually just mean by the way society is set up school system everything everything to be palatable to be smaller to take up less space to not rock the boat to not even have opinion I've just been so many experiences in my life where a man whether in the workplace or whatever has told me to not have an opinion yes yeah and this is systematic like this is the patriarchy at its finest. Absolutely. It's, this is the smile love in the street because you're not even allowed to be unhappy. Yeah, yeah. You have to be decorative and palatable yes. at all times. And it's and it's so ingrained in who we are that we have to dismantle that ourselves. We have to dismantle that as a group because what I've noticed happened is sometimes women also police other women. Yeah. And I think that, that hurts me. Men can police me all they want but when a woman polices me I have to do more work to recover from that pain um but yeah this this is the work of a lot of our lives is to not 
buy into the lie that we have to be palatable and that we have to exist for other people. And that everyone has to approve of what we do for it to be good. Yeah. And this, I mean, I've worked on this a lot myself and with SAS, Petherick and coaching sessions as well. Just this idea of like, I don't necessarily like everyone I meet. Like Mm -hmm. I meet people and I'm not saying I hate them or dislike them, but you meet people and you think, okay, well, we're just different and we're not going to be friends and that's fine. And yet I can't turn that around or I couldn't turn that around and be like, well, you don't have to like me either. Like some, for some reason, it felt really important that absolutely everybody approved of me and what I was doing in order for me to be good enough or worthy. Yeah. I bet so many people listening are just like nodding, like, <laughs> yeah. me too, me too, because I'm so envious of people who, um, we were recently on holiday with our friends and one of our friends, he's a poor man, he was in a really bad mood one day and his bad mood was affecting us all, but he didn't care. And he was just like in a bad mood and he wasn't making his bad mood any smaller for the rest of us to feel more comfortable. Mm. And I remember the day after I said to him, I was like, you're in a really, he apologized for being in a bad mood. And I was like, I was like, yeah, it was a bit uncomfortable. And I was like, but what I found interesting was you didn't care, did you, that you were making us all feel uncomfortable? And he was like, no, because he was like, I was in a bad mood. Like I wasn't, I didn't want you all to feel uncomfortable. But he was like, (laughs) why would I apologize for something like that? And I think he thought I was being passive aggressive, but I was like, I'm a little jealous of you. (laughs) And not really because I'm glad that I'm the person in the world who doesn't want to put and I'm not saying he was but I am glad that I'm a person in the world who doesn't want to put my emotions onto other people but how freeing would it be to not go about our lives wondering how am I making everybody else feel am I being good enough and palatable what do they all think of me and do they hate me and are they going to reject me yeah constantly constantly I get the similar fascination when I see men on the tube doing the man spreading (laughs) thing and like I actually took a picture of someone's legs the other day because he was taking up a full two seats (laughs) while everyone was squished in around him and it fascinates me that I mean literally taking up space and uh, setting aside the whole vulnerability of having your legs open which I think as a woman feels terrifying (laughs) anyway but like Feeling fine about the fact that you're inconveniencing everyone around you is is an interesting, I think as a woman, it just feels completely impossible. Yeah. And so then when it comes to wanting to create and share creative work online, and I mean, what I'm taking away from these two letter writers is I'm thinking it's blog posts, maybe podcast episodes, Instagram captions, a book. And I mean, I'm not saying that men don't struggle with this. Sure. But I think it is very rooted in how the world has told us to take up space as women I agree and I think it's a different type of vulnerability because you're told as a woman that you are risking social rejection I think it's I think we have to acknowledge that it's a real fear with potential real repercussions so especially the second letter she mentions it's the people in her real life that she's worried about and I come across this again and again with Instagram especially this is probably the most common thing I hear is that the people people are worried about being judged by it's not the internet of strangers which you kind of think it would be it's not the people you don't know that we're worried about it's the people we do know it's the mums from the school gates it's maybe the people you're connected with who you went to school with it's the friends in your life who are kind of friends with a little f and they're maybe not entirely supportive of everything you do and they're kind of looking for you to slip up and those are the people who actually they might negatively judge us for what we're doing and they might reject us and it's how we get to the place where we are okay about that. Yeah, because as much as it's not my life's work, any of our life's work to be palatable, it's also not my life's work to make space in my head for other people's opinions of me. Right. If they're not opinions that matter to me. And the list of people's who opinions matter to me is quite small. Yes, and this was some of the work I did with SAS, was really making a list of like, who are the people I go to 
when I really need an opinion I can trust? And what do they think about what I'm doing? And if they would think it's okay, then I'm okay to go ahead. And if those people from that list, you know, the ones at the school gates, all those people who we're worried about are not on that list, then they don't really get to have a say. And they don't get to have a say in what we put out into the world because it's it's outsourcing the responsibility of our creative voice to people who actually don't get it and won't get it and it's not for them. Yeah, that question of like, how do I have the courage to share my creative work? I really, truly believe it's a muscle. Mm. Like this is something I see so many of my clients come to me from. They have a vision or a dream or an idea for a business or a creative project, but they're so scared. And they say, Jen, how do I do it? How do I do it? And the most honest answer I know is it's a muscle that you have to build and nurture every single day. So if you're afraid to post something the job is to build up the ability to post that thing and to post it with as much peace as possible so that you let it go and be what it's going to be in the world and you're not going to feel great 100% of the time ever like I don't know about you Sarah I fluctuate sure I have days where I feel like I could say anything and I'm comfortable and I have days where I just feel more self-conscious than usual and but I know where the home is in with me where my bravest truest work comes from do you have that too totally and what I find is sometimes I have to write things and sit on them to wait for that moment of courage to come to share them if they're particularly vulnerable but often the real growth comes when I force myself to share something before it does feel safe so not to share something when it's literally unsafe but you know putting something out into the world that you're have to think twice before you hit publish and kind of grit your teeth and do it usually those are the things that reap the biggest rewards because it's actually on that cusp of vulnerability that we make those real connections and where our best work is usually the stuff that feels a bit scary and a bit unpredictable yeah I mean we're all I really believe that we're all inherently storytellers there's a reason why we all want to read and we all want to connect as human beings and then I think we put a whole lot of crap on top of that I mean the fears I see come to the surface for my clients a lot is either what if everyone judges me for telling a story or for saying what I want to say or I clients ask me this a lot and I really understand it is am I a narcissist for wanting to share my story yes and what's special about me like you know I've not lived some amazing life or I've not lived some horrendous life I'm just kind of muddling through and there's lots of people already like me so why should I put my voice out into the world so it's really timely this because I've been having this conversation with quite a few clients recently especially around that fear of who am I to take up this space and a quote that I read on Instagram a couple of weeks ago I've been kind of saying it to them so I'm going to share it now it's by a woman called Morgan Harper Nichols who is actually so cool go and follow her on Instagram and she says tell the story of the mountain you climbed your words may become a page in someone else's survival guide that's it that is it and every single voice is slightly different and people will relate to different versions of it so even if you think it's been told before it's not been told by you in your way and if you help one person then I think it's been worth it yeah I'm gonna say two contradictory things but they're both true so the first thing is this fear of like what if people belittle me or judge me or criticize me the truth of the matter is that's not gonna happen a lot most people are not out to like belittle you or bring you down they just want to connect with you it's really rare I would say my experience I've been on online for a long time and it's really rare but when it does happen it happens. Sure. You can come across cruel, belittling behavior. So there's nothing me and Sarah can say to you here that will protect you from the possibility of that. But what we will tell you is it doesn't matter in the face of you telling your truth, whatever that is to you right now. No, I have a quote here that I just brought up from Tara Moore. All substantive work brings both praise and criticism. And it's true. You can't avoid it. The thing I've really found as well is the people who are most judgmental, and this is true of all of life, are the people 
who judge everyone, including themselves, the most harshly. And they're kind of the people who are the most broken. Like, if they are talking to you with that voice, the voice they're talking to themselves within their head is 10 times worse. And having been kind of in that judgmental space myself when I was younger, I've certainly been there. And it's true, I, you kind of, you're in a place where you're living by so many strict rules that you see someone doing something freely and it blows your mind and you can't accept that they're doing it. So, you know, so who does she think she is posting that on Instagram and not caring what anyone else thinks? Actually, what what's in there is not really a criticism at all. It's it's an appreciation of what you're doing, but their fear is speaking up and making it into a negative. Yeah, and I would say also, you can't control if someone's going to criticize you. What you do get to control is what you do with that criticism. Yeah, someone can tell you what they think of you, but you don't have to accept that as your truth. I'm going to give two examples. So two pieces of criticism or feedback I've received recently and how they've I've responded and felt about them both differently so the first one and some of you listening to this are probably going to nod along with this criticism <laughs> but a few people have given the feedback that I speak really fast on this show which is completely true I speak really fast you do it in real life too <laughs> and I have a really strong thick northern accent so this is the feedback we've got and it has on the most part been given in a really loving way of someone just wanting to get more out of the show and want to understand me and here's what I've done with that feedback I've said okay I know this is true about myself I can't change who I am and I can't self-edit myself when I'm talking what I can do is sit with myself and just say I want this show to be as valuable as possible for people so how can that what can I do when I'm speaking faster than I need to if I can bring it back in what can I do I mean Sarah have a little system where she signs to me slow down (laughs) but on the other hand this is who I am and so there's a layer of doing what I can do because I do agree that if I'm speaking really fast and it's confusing for people I don't want to do that but on the other hand I am who I am as a person and I have to accept it Here's another piece of feedback that I learned from. This is literally very timely because it happened yesterday. So yesterday I sent out an email to my weekly letter community, which was all about why I've chosen to not increase my income right now in my business. I've kind of got to a number that I'm really happy with and I'm staying there at that number. And someone unsubscribed from my email list, which they're very, very welcome to do. And the feedback was that I'm boastful and they wanted to go to someone who's less boastful than me. And I read this and it's really interesting because I was really scared to send out this letter yesterday because talking about money is really icky. I didn't Mm. actually give any specific numbers because the whole point of the piece that I wrote was around building your money goals around what you want, not comparing them to other people. I didn't think there was any use in sharing my numbers if it would just be another comparison point for people. But someone called me boastful and they wanted to share this with me. And I had a choice in that moment whether to take that on or not because that wasn't constructive feedback. It didn't feel like it to me. Someone's allowed to feel how they feel. I'm so okay with them feeling how they feel but I didn't write that piece from a place of wanting to boast I write everything from a place of wanting to be of service so what I did in that moment was I went okay you're allowed that opinion but I'm not gonna take that into me or as a comment on who I am in the world because I know that's not true about who I am it might be true about how you see me as boastful Mm. but I know that's not true about me and I guess I'm giving these two examples to say you get to decide what to do with it. Someone could turn around to me and say all these horrible things about me, but I get to decide whether to do something with them. Or I can get constructive feedback, like you talk really fast and I can say, okay, what can I do about this? But also let's not use it as a stick to beat myself with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And I think somewhere in there as well is who it's coming from. So if it's coming from your right people, if it's coming from someone who you know, has been a real supporter or who you really connect with or who you think of as a friend and they tell you that you're doing a bad job, you might want to listen and see what's in there and, and unpack it. 
But if it's someone who you've really never had any connection with, you don't know anything about them, it's dangerous to assume that you can trust their judgment. Because just as you probably wouldn't accept an email out of the blue of someone saying, you know, you should go stay at this hotel or you should buy these shoes, you shouldn't accept their recommendations about you as a person either. I think this is the thing that I do with judgment and criticism, especially judgment and and more trolling-like feedback, Mm. is people don't get to tell you who you are. You get to say to yourself, whatever your intention was when you were sharing something, if someone, say you share something that's vulnerable and scary, and then say someone sends you some feedback like, this is attention-seeking, but the truth was you were just sharing it because you're a storyteller and you wanted to share something true about your life in the hopes that it would make others feel less alone – You don't have to then make a whole drama in your head about your worth as a human because this person told you you're an attention seeker. You don't have to take that on board. And I think, I don't know if I would have been as good at this a few years ago because I've had years of sharing and building up my ability to know who I am in all of this. But I think you can't stop people coming and saying things to you, but you get to decide what you accept about yourself. And people don't get to have a bigger voice in your own identity and self-worth than you do absolutely and and it's something I learned in therapy years and years ago but was just to be able to say oh that's your shit that's your shit you're bringing to the table there and that's fine but I'm going to leave you with it because people will people will bring their crap to their judgments about you and we can't let that stand in the way of us doing whatever we want to do in the world whether it's tiny and it's a post on Instagram that's going to disappear into the ether or whether it's huge and it's writing your book or launching a business like We can't outsource permission for us to live our best lives to random people who maybe are not completely fixed themselves. And if we bring all of those potential judgments and criticisms to the table, we edit ourselves, we dilute ourselves, we make Mm -hmm. ourselves smaller, and then we say nothing worth saying. Do you remember the first time that we met for a coaching session? Yeah. And you shared with me one of your biggest fears around taking up more space on the internet. I don't remember what I said. You said that you were really scared of being on one of those. Oh, on Get Off My Internet. I used that used to be my biggest fear because they're so vitriolic and just evil. I'm sorry, but the comments on there are just hideous. And I knew a couple of people who had threads on there about them and they would find them really, really heartbreaking, understandably. So yeah, that was my terror. Like I used to check my blog referrals and make sure that nothing was coming from Get Off My Internets because I knew that if it happened at that early stage, it would break me. And I think how sad is it that we are living in an online world where there are websites made to take people down but I remember in that moment I'm imagining what I would have probably said to you was if you make your dreams happen is it worth it for the potential of people knocking you down on this website who don't know anything about you because the truth is when you take up space in the world you are opening yourself up to criticism think of your five favorite books go to Amazon and look at the reviews I bet you anything next to a five-star review is a one-star review because art and creativity is subjective to and to everybody totally well imagine if those authors hadn't put their work out into the world because they'd been frightened of those one-star reviews and they'd let the prospect of those pretty much guaranteed one-star reviews stop them from doing it where would we be without our favorite books where would my business be if I had let that fear of appearing on that stupid website stop me from building it like my life would look completely different just because of other people's 
negative opinions. Yeah. It's really interesting. My dad was over last week and he's on my weekly letters and sometimes he likes to tell me his thoughts on them, which is uh. really lovely. It, it, to be honest, he's very... And so the one I'd sent out just before he... the day, A couple of days before he came over was all about... It was... I was coming back from my summer break and I was sharing lessons I'd learned on my summer break. And one of them was like, there's a reason why I take so much time off throughout the year to kind of rest and recharge. And he was saying to me, he was like, as I was reading it, I wondered if anyone reads this and just thinks, fuck you, Jen. <laughs> and he, he said it in a loving way because he was like you know do people ever just think well good for you and, mm-hmm. and then I told him about this upcoming letter about sharing why I was choosing not to increase my income right now and he very understandably was concerned for me he was like does this not alienate people does this not make people dislike you does this not make people hate you and I was like probably but they're not my people it might make that one person that thinks you're boastful hate you but actually the way you express these things, you're not writing, hey guys, guess what's amazing about my life <laughs> this week? You're actually saying these are changes I've had to make and been able to make and these are the lessons I've learned from them and I'm sharing it because you might want to make the changes too. Yeah, I mean, I know where I'm writing from, what place I'm writing to be of service to others and to hold space for them to get to their own answers. But what anyone else does with what I do is not my business because all I can do is write my truth with a good heart. Once you put it out into the world, it doesn't belong to me anymore. And I was having this conversation with my dad and I guess just talking it out with him, someone who's totally outside of this online world, kind of helped me see the progress I've made over the years and yeah I think what's helped me is I know who I am like I know who I am as a person and I know when something gets thrown at me that it's I most of the time can say no that's not mine mm-hmm. I remember once talking of get off my internet so my dad once this is when I before I'd properly start my business and I still lived at home my dad came in to my bedroom and he was like Jen I've been googling you <laughs> and I went okay then he was like I found this website oh <laughs> and he went and on this website I think there was like two people that said something and one person was like back then I was writing a lot about a mental health journey and someone wrote and back then I had my blog and I also had an online magazine that I ran with my friend Rebecca and this girl wrote I think it was a woman she I don't believe that Jen has mental health illnesses because how could she with two successful websites? <laughs> and my dad was quite upset because obviously oh, to him yeah. he doesn't get the context of it just being strangers on the internet. And I was like, okay. Because even that I knew that wasn't mine. Like I'm just sharing my story and I don't need anyone to approve of it. Someone to write that is not coming from a nice place. And the only reason I'm sharing all of this is A, so anyone listening knows we've dealt with this. Like Mm. we have had things said to us that before it was said to us, we probably would have thought would have crushed us. And now when it said to us, yeah, maybe we need to turn to someone and just say, hey, listen, like Alex was out for a run when I saw this um, boastful comment yesterday and he came back in and went, Alex, I'm going to tell you something. And then he just being able to talk it out with him was just, we laughed and he was like, you're not boastful. And I was like, I know. I was like, I reflected for a second and then I was like, this isn't mine to take on. Yeah. And you have to do that. You do have to check with yourself because otherwise you become impervious to any feedback and it's not a helpful space to be in. But the more you know your right people and your audience and know yourself, the easier it is. And like the the second letter touched on, it's terrifying when it comes from people in your life. Mm-hmm. Because there's a sense when it's people in your life, especially like those real life people who maybe see a different side of you to the side you want to put online. They think they have you all figured out mm-hmm. and they know you inside out. And quite often, you know, if it's family or maybe it's kind of acquaintances, they actually don't know you as deeply as they might like or they might like to think like in my in my case like my brother is savagely laid into me about my entire online business he told me 
that all I do is take shitty blurry pictures of cups of tea, uh, which is pretty, pretty succinct definition of my brand. But as, as hurtful as it can be, like having a confrontation like that with somebody, of course, especially someone you care about, it's still that bottom line of who I am and who I'm for means I can go, well, that you do it differently. And that's fine. Like you feel free to go and do it differently. But this is how I do what I do. And it's working for me and it's working for the people I talk to. And I don't need to take on board your negative perspective of it. Yeah, because ultimately you're doing it for you. And I will tell you that I feel whole as a human being when I'm creating what I want to create. I think it's really painful to keep within you the creative work you want to bring to life out of a place of fear. Yeah. It's It's like betraying a part of ourselves. And I think it takes courage, but it also takes a moment of just honestly just saying fuck it just there's a moment of just finding that slight rebellious instinct within you to just say what if I just took up the space that I want to take and not let anyone else define who I get to be in the world and it's not that easy you have to work on it all the time but there has to be a moment where you ask yourself a different question Mm -hmm. so instead of asking yourself how can I do this in the face of all the potential negativity and criticism what if you said wait like what if I could just make this really fun yeah or just or just what if I just trust that I'll survive whatever comes my way because criticism cannot kill you and and back to what you said earlier it's actually a lot more rare than we think so having gone through all of our examples of criticism there the truth is it's really few and far between and what tends to happen is we project all of our worst fears onto different people and we think we know exactly what they're going to say and exactly what they're going to be thinking and nine times out of ten it turns out we're not actually psychic and we're wrong which is still surprising to me because I do feel like in my head I'm totally sure in these situations and then it doesn't happen and actually sometimes what happens is we inspire those people in our life to go and do something similar themselves and it can be a really positive chain reaction for everybody yeah I don't know about you for me after doing some work to get on the same page together has really helped deepen some of the relationships in my life yep definitely I read something on Twitter the other day that's been blowing my mind ever (laughs) since okay so bear with me she said I've never lost a true friend and then she said I'm gonna have to say it again I've never lost Mm -hmm. a true friend and oh my goodness If these people are your true friends, if they're genuinely people who are rooting for you, then you're not going to lose them. You're not going to be judged by them for doing something that makes you happy, whether it's trivial, whether it's creative, whether it's outlandish, whether it's ridiculous. A true friend is cheering you on and anyone that drops off from your life because you're doing this is someone you were going to lose at some point along the way anyway. So it's kind of a brilliant filter. It's like panning for gold and the sparkly friendships remain and they you've got more time and energy to pour into them. And the friendships that you were only really preserving by fitting into the mold that they'd made for you and desperately trying to kind of not upset the balance and, and be who they wanted you to be, they drop away and that's scary, but it's actually incredibly freeing. No, I completely agree. I just, I think sometimes we're scared to share things because it might be controversial Mm. or vulnerable or go against the grain, especially if it's, you know, political or like a hard story. But that's what changes the world. Like on a daily basis, the things I choose to read are very honest, even polarizing opinions. Yeah. And I'm going to just, I guess we're just going to keep saying this, like you are allowed to take up that space. Permission. Because what is possible on the other side of all that fear? 
like all the fear of being criticized and judged and all those things what is possible on the other side of it is it that you get to feel fulfilled is it that you get to um make like change people's lives help them feel less alone create opportunities for yourself like if you made your dreams happen whatever that is but you also had to take some criticism from people whose opinions don't actually matter to you along along the way I think you'd be worth it that you'd be okay with that yeah and for me the one of the kinds of criticisms that I'm always nervous about is what if I accidentally hurt someone what if Mm -hmm. I accidentally you know we've all got our blind spots and what if I say something that actually is offensive to a different community that I've not considered when I wrote that caption for example and then I think well hang on that's an amazing learning opportunity and actually if I don't put myself in those positions if I don't try and I don't talk and I don't exchange ideas with people I'm not going to be able to grow so sometimes avoiding criticism keeps us in a box where we you know we don't grow we don't flourish we can't move forwards and we just stay the same but actually criticism when it's valid can be a really helpful tool as well yeah I mean I think it's easy to really treat ourselves like too special for criticism yeah whereas there's lots of times when feedback's been really like Jen you speak really fast that's (laughs) helpful sometimes (laughs) there's lots of times you know where I've had clients who've said to me like hey Jen you know I'd really value it if you could please do this more in our session. Mm. That is amazing feedback for me. Feedback, just feedback is great. I think it always comes down to where's that feedback coming from? Is it coming from someone who wants to improve your relationship together or who wants to really support you and really just say something honest and true in a loving way? Or is that feedback coming from someone who wants to tear you down? Yeah. Who has no interest in supporting you or treating you like a human being if they just want to tear you down and rip you to shreds you don't have to make space for that in your life I remember listening to a podcast about burnout on the feelings feelings podcast Mm -hmm. if you come across it and they had a guest on but she I think she is a feminist writer on the internet and the guest was saying that something that gives her a lot of burnout is the trolling she receives mostly from men on the internet Mm. against her political and feminist beliefs and how that in itself just navigating that on a daily basis is exhausting for her I get the feeling that these two letter writers are just they was they want to write blogs and share their stories we also can't underestimate how intense violent criticism yeah is exhausting for people and I think we can't ignore that and there's a vulnerability I mean some people have been made genuinely afraid by the level of criticism they've received online but it's worth knowing it's the minority of people and that there are steps you can take to to keep yourself safe yeah and I think just we can't move forward if we're holding ourselves back out of fear that's just the truth of all life if I'm not doing something only because I'm a afraid to do it but all my instincts are telling me it's a hell yes I'm standing still in my life and I I don't want to live that kind of life and so I think for these two letter writers all I want for them is to have the courage and the tenacity and just like the grit just to be like I want this more than I'm afraid of what may happen because I'm a human being and I have a story I want to tell I want that for them so much because it's it hurts not to I think it hurts to say you're not allowed to take up this space I think that tells us something about our place in the world that is really damaging absolutely and it it doesn't leave you it doesn't it's not like you can squash down that creative urge and it'll just disappear over time it will grow inside of you and it will find a way to push out so you might as well choose it now and do something you're excited about doing because sooner or later you're gonna have to find space for it in your life and if it's 20 years from now you'll probably look back and wish you'd embraced it a lot sooner so how do you currently find the courage to like take up space and share yourself online 
I take an awful lot of support from my community. That's always been a thing for me. I mean, in all honesty, the way I got started was I started a whole new blog. I started me and Orla because no one knew about it. I already had a blog that people knew about in my family and were very critical about. So I started somewhere new to be free of that criticism for a little while. And then by the time they found it and started their criticism, I already had enough of an audience that I could say, you guys don't like it, but that's fine because these guys do. But so right in the beginning, like I I felt like I needed that space to explore my creativity kind of away from prying eyes. And if you can find that, I think it's still a a worthwhile thing to do, but not essential. But for me, it was just the joy of creating. I just did it for the pleasure of doing it and tried to stay quite removed from how it was received. And then as I built a community, lent on them and, and listened to the feedback they were giving me, because even if you've got 10 people who follow you, if those 10 people enjoy what you're doing then it's worth continuing and it's you making connections and it's actually got merit. Yeah, I love that. As you were talking, I was in that terrible thing where I was also thinking while listening to you. <laughs> and I think for me, it's clarity of purpose. So for me to be able to share like the truth of my life and little stories of my life and my journey, I know why I'm doing this. I know because I know who I'm writing for. I know what I'm passionate about. I know what my message is. I know who I am. So when all those fears of who the hell do you think you are or if this doesn't help people like you might be judged it I can come back home to well this is why I'm writing this and this is my intention if my intentions are good if I like who I am and respect who I am as I'm showing up through that piece of content once it's out into the world it's then not up to me I've definitely been there I imagine where I've read something on a bad day and I've listened to something on a bad day and I have taken it wrong we all do that we all make judgments in bad moments but I think if I know who I am when I'm pouring myself into that content and if I know how I'm trying to show up for people, I can be at peace with that. And to be really honest, I have never, I think that one comment at the weekend is the first time I've ever received something really negative about mm. who I am in my it's content. how rare it is. It's so rare. So rare. And you know what? I send that person love because if I wasn't the right person for them, if my content was not making them feel good, I'm glad they're no longer there because I don't want to play that part in someone's life. There's, me and you could both read the same piece of content and it could make us feel different depending on our moods that day. Totally. It's like a, it's like a filter. I sent out an email a few weeks ago and somehow royally screwed up and made a complete error in the title and it didn't make sense. Like It was like as if I deleted half of the title. And it got more unsubscribes than a normal email would. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. This is actually a really good tactic that I think I might use more often. Because if you are not able to tolerate a mistake in my emails from time to time, you're probably not going to love the chaotic imperfection that is just me and my life. And that's fine. Yeah. I wish there was like a secret to overcoming the fear of being judged and being criticized. But the only answer I know is to just show up and do it anyway and to take it slow if you have to. What I used to share when I first got started, to be very honest with you, I think I was even more vulnerable back then Mm. because I didn't have anything to lose. True. But what I would say is now, like, start small if you have to. Write it for yourself. It sounds like these um, Abigail and Scared and Confused are writing it for themselves, but create a space for you to share it that feels good. Yeah. Build the muscle and just... Ask yourself, who am I living my life for? Am I living it for the critics or am I living it for me? And what is possible if I'm brave enough to share myself with the world? And how would I feel if I shared myself with the world? And I can survive 
anything that comes from it. There's a book that I recommend reading called You're, You're Going to Survive by Alexandra Franzen, who's like my favorite human being on the internet. She's an amazing writer and it's all about, it's literally a collection of stories of people who faced criticism or rejection or failure and how they've survived it. Because the truth is, if you're in this arena of making your creative dreams happen, something will knock you down at some point or another. It's cliche, but it's how we get back up that counts. Absolutely. The only thing I would then add to that kind of advice is build a body of evidence. If if you're like me, I love to have evidence to counteract my fears so that when they rise up at 3am, I've got some solid stuff to draw on. So every time you share a post and you're not hideously rejected by the world, there's no pitchfork mob on your lawn, you know, every time you take a risk and it pays off, just make a note of that in your head. Just pay attention to it so that the next time you have to draw on that courage and confidence to share, you can think about all the times that it worked out okay. And it starts to be an odds game and you start to realize that actually the odds are really stacked in your favor of it being absolutely fine. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And just anyone who's sharing anything on the internet has had to overcome this and is overcoming it every day. So please share with us today. Like, what are your thoughts? What would your advice be to our letter writers today? Because I think... It makes me really sad to think that so much amazing creative work and so many stories are not being shared because of this fear of being criticized or judged. That that means a whole lot of amazing work is being like left out. Absolutely. And it means that it's actually a really successful silencing technique mm-hmm. by those who don't want people to have a voice. And if people continue to not tell their stories for fear of kind of being shouted down, then it's it's letting the bullies win. My only other feedback is that if we want permission ourselves to take up space in the world, maybe we also have the responsibility to show others the same respect and love. I was love. thinking exactly the same. Because... I also think it's just what we do in our heads when we're reading something. We can scroll through our Instagram feed from a judgmental point of view, mm-hmm. or we can just scroll through the feed and be like, that's bravery, that's bravery, that's bravery. Someone taking up space is bravery. And the more you think, I really believe this, if you see it as bravery and not as an opportunity to judge someone, you will feel a little less like the world's going to do the same to you too. My friend Shona and I play a game we call the approval game which is when we catch ourselves in one of those negative judgy Mm -hmm. moods, we see how much we can find to approve of. So literally like, you know, we're stuck in traffic and we're fed up. We look around and we go, okay, I approve of the color that she's painted her Mm -hmm. front door. I approve of the way that that mum is like playing with the kids as they walk along the road. And you can do it online. You know, I approve of the way you've written this caption. I approve of the bravery and the courage. And it's just that switch because it's so tempting sometimes to fall into disapproval and judgment. And it can feel so comforting, I think, if we're in a bad space ourselves. But actually, the only way out of that space is through positivity. And if you can find the stuff to approve of, the world around you starts to look a whole lot rosier. Yeah. And also don't believe the lie that the people you see who are being brave enough to share themselves in whatever capacity online or offline have any more access to more courage or bravery than yeah, you could have access to. No we, You just have to cultivate it and choose courage over fear. It's such a cliche, but it's the choice I make every day. Am I going to live my life from fear or from a place of courage? and I don't always be brave enough to leave the fear behind but more times than not I choose courage and for that I'm very grateful 
just the other day I was watching, um, if any of you guys know Marina and the Diamonds, she's a singer. And I saw some really early clips of like super early shows she did on YouTube. And she looked terrified. She, you know, she sounded different. She was, she could see she was shaking. She was really scared. And then if you compare that to a show she does now, she is absolutely full of courage and fearlessness and sass on stage. What's changed? All that's actually changed is she's practiced and she's done it and done it and done it until it stops being so scary because actually she knows she's got this and she knows that the likely outcome is that it's going to be fine. And actually that's kind of what we're all doing all the time is you start feeling like everyone's watching you and you don't know how it's going to go. And then the more you do it and the more it turns out okay, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Okay, well, let us know over on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Hashtag Dear Hopeful Creative, your thoughts, because I, I mean, this everyone deals with it differently, so we'd love to hear how you deal with it. Yeah, this. definitely. And we'll be reading all the tweets and Instagram posts, so tag us and put the hashtag in so that we can check it out. Yeah, we can't wait to connect with you more then. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes every Monday. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.